You are listening to Concrete Conversations, an informative podcast brought to you by the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia. We represent the concrete masonry and segmental paving manufacturers in Australia. Our podcast will discuss technical information and case studies with some special guests from our industry. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia. On today's podcast, I'm pleased to welcome Michael Kungras, who would be one of Australia's experts on paving, and he's pretty much worked, I think, for the last 20 years, which probably makes him start when he was 15, in paving. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. Michael, today we're going to take a bit of a deep dive on paving and the benefits of paving, but I think just before we get started, could we just go back and just get a little bit of a recap on the definition of segmental paving? Yeah, Elizabeth, that's a really good starting point. So when we talk about segmental paving, we talk about individual precast units, or simply put, pavers, which are laid in conjunction with sand and when completed provide a long-lasting, durable surface for us to walk over, drive over or ride our bikes over. (laughs) And I guess if we were just to quickly gloss over the top benefits of paving, what would you consider those to be? Right at the top would be durability. They're concrete units. We know concrete as a material gets harder over time and the concrete pavers are no different. So when we lay that surface, we know when done correctly is going to last a long time and be there for years to come. Also, we've got versatility. So we can use these pavers and these units in pedestrian applications, in driveway applications, in sidewalks, in roads, in industrial hard stands. So when designed correctly, we can use them just about anywhere. Maintenance is another really big benefits of pavers. If we need to access the subgrade, if we need to access services, like we've had NBN come through and need to access below the surface, we can remove the units, we can do what we need to below the surface and put the same units back, which provides us an element of sustainability because we're not we're not generating waste and then we're not getting new material in. We're able to reuse the same units in the same application. We can pick up the pavers, access the services, put them back down, and that service looks the same as it did prior to us starting. And I know, Michael, and one of the things that breaks my heart is when I see some of these pavers being lifted for this particular use, and then instead of just putting them back, they put asphalt in and it really wrecks a beautiful pathway. Yeah, and they don't have to. If the company or the contractor just has a little bit of pre-planning, they can pick up those units, stockpile them, do what they have to do and reuse them. And it actually saves the money as well. So it's a no-brainer, really. Michael, when we talk about maintenance and durability, I think one of the aspects I wanted to touch on was that a lot of the times some people say to me, well, the paver's failed. And the paver has never failed. What's failed is either that it's been specified for the wrong traffic. So that would mean that it's either been specified for foot traffic and, in fact, trucks or cars are running over it, or it has been laid incorrectly. And could you just talk to that a little bit, just the importance of planning and this upgrade? Yeah, really good point. So with a solid foundation, the pavement will last forever and it does start at the ground level. And so making sure that we've designed it correctly, we're using the right materials, the right compaction will ensure that the surface remains in contact. It's very, very rare, you're right, that a paver unit fails. 
the paving surface follows what's below it. And typically, if the ground fails, the pavers will move with it. So making sure that we've got paver units that are the right size and the right thickness and the right strength for the application will ensure that the paver units remain in contact. And then when we put those on top of a solid ground, that's when you've got that system which will remain durable and won't require that maintenance because it's been designed correctly. Michael, if we go on now to, I guess, the reusability of concrete pavers, but I think one of the other aspects we spoke about was pavers withstanding some significant loads. And I guess if we have some of our listeners here that don't understand what a hard stand surface is, that's where you've got perhaps a port where you've got those huge shipping containers and pavers are really popular in ports because they can withstand that particular load, as well as in some areas around the world, pavers are used in airports and and other uses like that. But maybe you could talk to a little bit about the strength of pavers and how they help withstand those loads. Look, when I've worked with any customers um, that are doing airport jobs, so taxiways or they're doing port facilities, all those customers are really heavy users of pavement and the machines that traffic them and the containers that sit on top of them are really quite damaging. And when we compare it to other forms of hard stands, which typically are asphalt and concrete, pavers have always stood the test of time. One, because of the reusability factor, if a paver does happen to get cracked, which is inevitable over the operation of the facility, they're able to replace that single unit. They don't have to cut out a whole section. But more to the point is that these facilities cannot afford downtime. So whether it's a port facility, which has constant container movements, or whether it's an airport runway, which has planes coming up and taxing to the air bridge, they cannot afford downtime. So if there is any maintenance required, they can pull up the units, rectify it, put them down. And because they're a precast, pre-hardened, pre-cured unit, you can traffic them straight away. That's right. And I mean, it's the same when you lay them. There's no curing time. The concrete pavers have already been cured and there's not a, a time where you need all of that work involved with asphalt, which probably just brings me then to, we've already touched on it a little bit, but the life cycle of pavers. And maybe you could talk a little bit about, we've talked about reusability for individual pavers, but maybe we can look at now reusability for entire surfaces. Yeah, so a really good case study that comes to mind is the city of Unley. And what they did was they had a paved road which had been in service for 30 to 40 years. Yes. So it yeah. was a long time and it had come to the end of its design life. And so when the council decided what to do, as part of the surface rejuvenation, they pulled up the existing pavers and use them in other streets around the city, other unsurfaced streets, because I guess that already the, the units were still fine. Like we talk about, they were still strong, they were durable, they meet all the criteria that they had to. So they pulled those pavers up, they put them in streets surrounding the suburbs and then laid a new surface down for the main road, which then was designed for another 40 years. So you've got... And they use pavers in that too. And that's Unleys in South Australia for our audience and the listeners. Yeah, so you've got the ability to use pavers in the same position as part of a maintenance regime. But then when that life cycle or that asset comes to the end of its life, you've got the ability to use those units in other parts of your council or your development or 
or anywhere really because they're still a functional still a functional paving unit. The last thing I just wanted to touch on, well, two last things, I think, is the urban heat island effect, which is such a buzzword. And we often are called by architects to sort of understand that. And, and initially we are called around roof tiles and the impact of solar absorptance and dark roof tiles. But very rarely do we see the same planning go into what goes on the ground and on the footpaths. And it almost seems a little bit hypocritical to be worried about roofs when just another couple of metres down you're putting the exact same dark material on roads or footpaths. So I wondered whether you could talk about how pavers actually perform in high temperatures. Yeah, and they perform really well. So you're exactly right. You've got green pasture land, which has been developed over time to include roads and and roofs and air conditioning units and, and everything in between. And one thing that we take for granted is that roads make up a large portion of the surface area of our cities. And those roads are typically dark colored asphalt. And what we can do is we can utilize pavers, either light colored pavers or permeable pavers as well, which we've touched on in the past, to really reduce the surface temperature. And we know that if we can do that over a city and over a suburb, then we can really reduce this phenomena that we're seeing, which is the urban heat island effect. Because what's happening is, as we're becoming more urbanised, more developed, the temperature in our cities is elevating because we've got these dark surfaces storing and capturing the heat. And Michael, the other thing I wanted just to talk about was the design aspects. We've spoken about engineering for the correct traffic. What I love about paving is that whilst achieving this function, there's also a certain amount of design that you can achieve. Could you elaborate on some of those points? Elizabeth, like any asset, it's important that we understand how that pavement is going to be used. So when we look at pavement design, we look at in terms of traffic in and what we would term equivalent standard axle load. So understanding what's going above the pavement and what we're building upon, which is the subgrade. And we typically classify that in terms of CBR. And a really good tool for engineers to use is the design pave software on our website. And if you've got that data available or you want to simulate a range of designs, depending on materials and different conditions, you can change your variables and understand how that pavement will be made up in terms of paver thickness and sand thickness and and base thickness as well. I think as well what I've seen and particularly I think in Tasmania they were able to use pavers and just the different colours to identify different parts of the road. So for example bus terminals where the buses lined up they were able to use that differently and I think out at Wet n Wild in Sydney they actually used quite a complex design not only for the function of the water park but also to uh, illustrate you know a sandy beach and where different areas were zoned differently. That's just a few of many case studies. Olympic Park has different coloured pavers for roads and pedestrian traffic where there was obviously high pedestrian activity during the Olympics and Moore Park in Sydney has different colours and different shapes for, for different zones. So with pavers, you've got the versatility of shape, of colour, of texture, of lane pattern to distinguish different areas. You know, one I see commonly is around schools. Mm. And so we've seen pavers really effectively used around schools to slow traffic 
and to ensure that children are kept safe. And so there's designated walking zones for children and parents mm. and cars have that visual cue not to drive there and, and it's been used really effectively around the world actually in those high pedestrian activity zones. And it's such a great behavioural, I mean we see signs a lot but I think when you see the road change it's such an intuitive behavioural instinct to, to slow down. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Michael, so I think we've nearly covered the five key points, I would say. We've talked about strength, the strength of pavers across multiple uses, but in particular how pavers can be used in ports with heavy hard stands, as well as in areas with lighter pedestrian traffic. Maintenance, very, very easy to maintain, highly durable. And I think the key point we want to talk about there is it is ready to go straight away. There's no curing time. Once you've laid the paper, you can literally drive over it that same afternoon. And that's really important when you're talking about some of those industrial uses. That um, dovetails into durability. And I think what we talked a lot about was the lifespan of pavers and how they could continue to be reused over time and the different design elements, not only for the environment of which pavers were to be laid upon, but also what they could be achieved to communicate changes in behaviour, different sections or different zones, both for recreational and also just public use. Yeah, look, as an engineer, as an architect, as a homeowner, the only limitation is your imagination. So if you can imagine it, obviously here at CMAA, we can help you design it and make it a reality. Paving in every project. Fantastic. Michael, today we talked about a few tools that the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia does have to help designers and engineers and everyone, in fact, to make paving easy. Where would I go to find those knowing that I'm normally doing something else whilst I'm listening to these podcasts? Yeah, we're going to put all of the tools mentioned in our show notes. So definitely head there as your first point of call, but always you've got the CMAA website, which has fact sheets, manuals, and it's actually where the design paved software is housed. So the show notes and the CMAA website would be your two best resources. And these are all complimentary and available for use. And if you still have problems, don't forget you can always call our technical team who will be more than happy to help you with your paving inquiry. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow, rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for ideas of what to talk about. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, there's a link in our show notes to let us know. 